Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is Day 75 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. And today we're going to pray for a heart of compassion. We've talked a lot recently about producing those peaceable fruits of righteousness, the good fruits of the Spirit, because that is the thing that is most lacking in the church today. But I want to make sure that you understand the reality that the fruits of the Spirit are characteristics of God himself that he wants to reproduce in us so that we can go out and reproduce it in the earth. Jesus said that those who produce the good fruits, they are doing the will of the Father, and it is they who will enter in to the kingdom of heaven. So to that I ask you, what is the fruit but the reproduction of the tree? See, God plants the seed. He plants the word, he plants the truth, he plants his Holy Spirit, the very spirit of truth, according to Jesus, in our heart. And then we've got to abide in it and allow its words to come alive in us that we might bear good fruit. What it speaks to us, we need to humble ourselves to and obey so that it can cultivate us into being more and more like Christ. So today I want us to understand that the fruits are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And if his spirit is within us, then his character should flow through us. And as we do it to others, we then plant that seed in them that they may produce the good fruit also and go forth to continue spreading the gospel and the good character of God throughout the land. Therefore, the fruit is the reproduction of the tree. So only when we are actually bearing fruit are we growing the kingdom. So when we read those fruits of the Spirit, those characteristics that should be manifest in a Holy Spirit-filled child of the living God, we must also remind ourselves and remind others that this is the character of Jesus Christ, of the very God that we serve, that people need to see demonstrated in the earth. And it starts with love. Of course, God is love. According to scripture, he is the very spirit of love. Therefore, if his spirit is within us, we will show forth that love for him first and for others also. Then joy. We may not even think of God being a God of joy, but it is one of the fruits of the Spirit, which means that it is a characteristic of God, that He is by nature a joyful God. And it is the very joy of the Lord that is our strength. Peace. He is the very Prince of Peace. He brings that peace that surpasses all understanding. And when we abide in his peace, that seed of peace is planted in us that we might produce that peace. And as others see that uncommon, unimaginable, undescribable peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding as it is identified in the scripture, it then plants something in them that says, I want that. I want to bear that fruit. I need to know the prince of peace too. Long-suffering or patience or the willingness to sacrifice in order to see the will of God manifested in the earth and to help others. This is a characteristic of God. We saw it in Jesus Christ. He was patient. He was kind. He was willing to sacrifice. Gentleness. Oh, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. He truly is gentle as a lamb. 
bold as a lion in the face of the enemy, but gentle as a lamb with you and me. We all remember the old song, he's got the whole world in his hand, but my friend, the Bible also says that he catches in bottles every single tear that we cry. He is gentle with his own and he is kind. He truly is a good, good father. And these are the characters of the God that we serve. He truly is like no other. He is faithful to the end. If he has spoken it, he will bring it to pass. He is true to his word. He is the word. And when he speaks it, it must come forth because his word is creation. My friends, you can have faith in what he is saying. Meekness. He truly is meek. He could have come to this earth and set himself up in the greatest palace with the greatest wealth, but he chose to be born in a barn and serve and walk in humility and meekness. He was a carpenter. He worked with his hands. He slept in the dirt like the least among man. He truly is meekness, humbling himself even to the cross that in the end God himself would exalt him. And in this do we see that the meek or the humble truly do inherit. Because the more humility we are willing to walk in, the more grace or favor, power, and divine influence God will pour on us now and for eternity. Temperance, having control over one's emotions. God is very temperate. Yes, he does get provoked to anger, but he is quick to listen and slow to wrath. He is quick to forgive and merciful. There are times when God must act in wrath for the protection of the innocent. But wrath is not who God is. It's just something that he has to do in order to stand true to the justice that is our God. Therefore must he defend righteousness. But God is love. He is not wrath. And he is very patient, slow to anger. The word of God says that God is not slack concerning his promises. When he speaks something forth, he can make it happen immediately. But it says that he is long-suffering or patient and temperate towards us because that he is not willing that any should perish. He stays his judgments. He tarries as long as he can, leaving space for repentance because he is so temperate. He is in control of his emotions and he is very patient. These are the fruits or the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, which is the very Spirit of God. And if that Spirit lives inside of us, then those characteristics ought to flow through us. Also, this is why Jesus said that they are the evidence that the Spirit is within us. The fruit of the tree is the evidence. You will know the tree by the fruit. If we're producing the character of God, then we have the Spirit of God. Because remember that God is a three-part being. He is Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. And we were created in the likeness of God. We are three-part beings. We have a physical body. We have a soul, which is the mind, the will, and the emotion. And we have a spirit, which is our character, our character characteristics. And therefore, if God gives us a new spirit, his spirit, then we ought to be manifesting his characteristics. So Jesus said that this is the only true evidence of, of whether or not we truly have his spirit. If there is a Holy Spirit, it will produce holy fruits. If we have God's spirit, we will manifest his character. But I want to talk to you today about one that is not mentioned, even though it is encompassed in the mentioned fruits of the Spirit, and that is compassion. Compassion is wrapped up in the very first fruit of the Spirit, which is love. 
it's also manifested in joy and that the scripture says that when we truly are functioning as one body, that we will rejoice with those that rejoice, with those that are blessed. When God elevates someone, we won't be envious of them. We will rejoice. We will have joy for them because of our heart of compassion. We will walk in peace even when people rise against us because that we have compassion for their soul. We will not have offense, but we will continue to pray and intercede for them. We will be long-suffering, patient like God is because of compassion, because that we understand that it is not the man, but the spirit within the man. It is the enemy. We can get angry at the enemy, but we need to learn to be long-suffering when it comes to people. We need to have compassion, gentleness. Compassion is wrapped up in gentleness. If we truly have compassion for the least of these, for the widow, for the orphan, for the homeless, for the imprisoned, when we have compassion, we will react to them with gentleness. Goodness, which is kindness. Compassion will drive your kindness because a lack of compassion will drive unkindness. Therefore, if we are lacking in kindness, we are lacking in compassion. And of course, compassion thinks of the other person and not of self. Compassion is compromised in selflessness and concern for God and for others. The first commandment, the greatest commandment that Jesus said to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, and thy strength. And the second is like unto it to love thy neighbor as thyself. And then Jesus said, I give you a new commandment that you love others as I have loved you. In other words, more than your self, selfless love and faith, compassion will drive faith because I assure you, my friend, that when you move in compassion, the power of the Holy Spirit will move through you because he is moved by compassion and you will see miracle manifestations and God move in great demonstrations that you could not imagine that will build your faith in ways you never thought possible. Humility is birthed in compassion because when people rise against you and it's easy for your pride and your flesh to rise up, having compassion for the person and the situation will cause you to stop and reflect and respond with selfless humility. It will give you the drive to sacrifice. Compassion for Christ, appreciation for what he went through, for giving his life for being that sacrifice will drive you to be willing to sacrifice too. And you'll do it through compassion, compassion for God, compassion for our Christ, compassion for the Holy Spirit and compassion for the people. And of course, temperance, keeping control of our emotions, not letting your emotions rule or run you. Compassion will help you to do this. It's hard to get angry. When you're moving in compassion, it's hard to get frustrated when you're standing in a place of compassion. It's hard to get envious or jealous when you are operating with compassion. It will even drive out fear when you are moved by compassion. So though it is not mentioned in the fruits of the spirit, it truly is the encompassing result of having the characteristics of God that you have compassion and are moved daily by compassion thinking of others and not of self and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all of the people. It will drive your prayer life. It will drive your witness. It will drive your ministering. It will drive your charitableness and it will birth miracles. 
because many of the miracles of God performed by Jesus Christ on this earth were performed because that he was moved to compassion. Now we understand that some of the miracles that Jesus performed were for a time and for a season and for the glory of God and they were meant to release faith in the people or to validate the message of Jesus Christ to prove that he truly was the son of God. But some of the awe-inspiring, life-changing demonstrations of the power of God came not to prove God's power, but simply out of compassion. And so my friend, I want to show you this in Mark chapter one, verse 40, it says, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion. He didn't have to perform this miracle is what it's really saying. It wasn't part of the narrative. It didn't need to prove any points. He did it solely out of love. He was moved with compassion for the infirmity of this person. Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was clean. We see this happen again in Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. And it says, as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him and behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside. And they heard that Jesus passed by and cried saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them because that they should hold their peace. But they cried the more saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called to them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? And they saith unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. And Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. There are times when we see that Jesus is moved by great faith in authority. There are times that we see that God had to produce miracles to validate the message that he was pouring out on the people. But in many cases, we see that it was simply a move of compassion showing forth the character of our great God. So today, I want to remind you that he is compassion and he is a compassionate God. He is a good God and we ought to show forth the character of the God that has placed his spirit within us. And I assure you, my friend, that when you are moved with compassion, you will see things start to happen. And Luke chapter 7 verse 12, we see such a wonderful demonstration of the great compassion of our God when it says, Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. Let me explain something, my friend. The Bible says that we do not serve a God who has not been touched by the feelings of our infirmity. One of the great reasons that Jesus came, that God came to walk as a man was so that he could truly understand the feelings of our infirmity, what it feels like to go through the things that we go through 
as humans. And you see, when Jesus walked to this gate, it says he was moved with compassion because what I think he was seeing was in reality, he was recognizing what his own mother was going to have to go through when he walked out his destiny. Because this woman was a widow and Mary, by the time of Jesus's crucifixion, was also a widow and she had lost her only son. And Jesus was the eldest son so that when Joseph had passed, he would have stepped up into the place of taking care of the family. So knowing that when he would be crucified, he would be leaving his mother behind. And when he saw this widow woman, I think he saw Mary and it broke his heart and moved with compassion. He did what the father would do. He moved in resurrection power. Let me read it again. And I want you to see through the eyes of Jesus, knowing what was coming to him and those that he loved dear. He was moved with compassion because that it was personal. And I tell you, my friend, that we serve a God who is personal. He personally came and he personally endured every pain and affliction that he might personally know what you are going through in the deepest recess of your heart so that the enemy could never tell you nobody understands. Jesus is right there reaching out his hand saying, I do and I love you and I have compassion on you. I know what you're going through. Because it says when he came to the gates of this city, there was a dead man carried out, the son of his mother, and she was a widow and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bearer, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Moved with compassion, because that he knew the pain. So God, we come before you today and we pray that you touch us with that heart of compassion. We thank you that you were so willing to suffer and to sacrifice, to come and to demonstrate the very fruits of the Spirit, the very character of God, what it looks like in this earth to bear the Spirit and let it lead us to be led of the spirit of the living God. We thank you, Jesus, that we have a God who is not untouched by the feeling of our infirmity. Though we are not led by our feelings, we are led by your spirit, but we can trust your spirit because that we know that you have experienced our feelings and you have compassion on us. You are a good father. You are kind. Yes, you are bold as a lion, but only to those who oppose you. Lord, we are trying to do everything that we can to walk in obedience and submission to you. And we remember that you said in the Psalms that you know our frame and you remember that we are but dust. So when we mess up, we can come to you and cry out and ask for help and repent and get back in alignment with your will and your word and know that you are delighted when we do that it is the joy of your heart to know that your children walk 
in the truth and that even when you correct us, it is not out of condemnation, but it is still a work of compassion that you do not want us to miss the destination that you have for us or the blessings everlasting. You are a good father. And today we remind ourselves not just of the character that you expect us to walk in, but we remind ourselves that it's been your character from the beginning. And you just want us to humble ourselves and surrender to it and let it flow through us so that it can affect the nations, that it can affect the generations, that it can affect our family because this is how the kingdom of God manifests in the earth today. It is here now when we allow it to flow out of us because that we have recognized that you are a God of great love and compassion and we need to reflect that to the world. We thank you, God, that you are kindness, that you are faith, that you are love, and that you are joy, and that you have compassion in our times of trial. And you put a smile on my face when I'm at my weakest point. You bring peace when I'm in the midst of my troubled seas. We thank you that the word of God says in Psalms 51, 17, that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and that a broken spirit and a contrite heart, oh God, thou will not despise. You cannot resist. You will not reject the prayer, the repentant, sacrificial, broken prayer of a contrite heart. You always rush in immediately to swoop us up in your arms and bring peace. You are the Prince of peace. You are the good king everlasting. You are the God who truly is love. You are such patience and mercy. You are compassion. God, we pray for that heart. God, we pray for that revelation and that truth to permeate us today that we might rest in you and that we might reflect you. Move, Lord, upon our hearts. Break up the fallow ground. Take out the heart of stone. Put your heart within us and your spirit and lead us to be more like Jesus. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.